Eam is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. Eam streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, eamisher.wixsite.com for more resources. Welcome back to our second season of Eam. I cannot believe it. God has blessed us. This is so exciting, guys. Yes. Welcome back, guys. It's been a while since we've recorded an EAM episode, so excuse us if we're trying to get back into the swing of things. But to help us kick off our second season, we are so blessed to be joined by such a beautiful soul. Like when I tell you guys you've never met a soul like this one, truly, I truly mean it. She's um, a light. She She's a wonderful human being that I met, what, like 10 10, 12 years ago now, which is so crazy. Um, She is currently studying. She's in her third year um, of psychology at Tyndale University. She was a consecrated sister for about a year. Uh, She's been a part of the Coptic Church for 12 years, but she can school us all so easily. We are joined with Francella Brown today, and I cannot be more happy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, guys. I mean, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. How are you ladies doing? We're good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for it's having such a me. blessing to have you. Such an honor. Such an honor. I'm so, can I just say, and don't edit this out. I am so proud of you. I am so in awe of you. Like I have to tell everybody out there in audio land and in, in, in podcast land, these beautiful women were just cute little cutie patooties like in, in like, <laughs> In like grade school and high school when I first met them and uh, I, I just, you left the greatest impression on my heart. You all did. And I mean, there are certain memories that you have that you just won't, you just won't forget. Speaking of these many blessings that you were just mentioning, one of the many blessings that God has blessed us with, I said that word so many times, but um, was I messaged you and I I asked you if you would be available to kick off our second season of EAM. And I told you that our topic for today was unity and sisterhood. And guys, I kid you not, I got a voice note back, just like Fran being Fran, you know, like the, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Um, and I want you to tell everybody that story because it's it really does show how amazing God is. Amen. Amen to that. So when you messaged me, I had, I think just two days prior to, I was on a spiritual retreat with a friend of mine, Marianne, and we went up to um, Paris, Ontario. Last year, this time we were in Paris, France, and we're like, we're going to go to Paris every single year. And then there's like this lockdown and we can't fly anywhere. So we're like, Lord, you have to find us something that's like, you know, Paris, France. And then what happened? She ends up finding this beautiful retreat center in Paris, Ontario. So we're like, you know what, we'll take it. Um, and it was uh, a, a silent retreat. Um, so we were only going to speak to each other during mealtimes. Other than that, we were just, you know, like just in our own little world with Jesus and, and kind of separate. And so whenever we would come back together after like several hours of, um, you know, just being in meditation with the Lord, my girl, my sister, Marianne was struggling just a bit. She was struggling with God, wrestling with God. We're talking Jacob, like I will not let you go till you bless me. 
did you just break my hip, Jesus? I, I can't believe you just broke my hip. <laughs> now I have something else to complain about, you know, kind of thing. Struggle. And when we got back together and we were talking and I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I, I just spent the entire time just screaming at God, just screaming at him. It's like, all right, all right. You know, he's got big shoulders. He can, he can take that, you know? Um, and she felt that she was doing something wrong. She's like, I'm just so, I can't, like, there's so many things in my life that are, you know, I, I, things that were supposed to happen, I believe that aren't supposed to happen and things going in this way and things going that way. I'm like, child, I understand, totally understand. So we were talking back and forth and I was, I was, I was empathizing with her, right? Like, I get it. I totally get it. Whenever she would mention it in um, something specific that was a disappointment with her or something that she was confused about and didn't know where God was, I could think of a time where I was in the exact same place. And I, but, but there was something on my heart where I was like, at what point in time do I as a friend, as I as a sister in Christ, kind of help to bring the venting, which is very important, to an end and say, let's change the direction of our thoughts. And sometimes like, tell me if you all feel this. Sometimes when you're like, this is just the place I'm in. And someone's like, but God is so good. And you're like, no, 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 listen, I just, I just, I know God is good, but I really need you to just hear me right now. <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's like, and they just kind of want to change it and fix it for you kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's hard to see your friend like that. Right. Um, so that's what we want to do. Sometimes you just want to be like, listen, God loves you and God's you know, not, hasn't abandoned you. And blah, 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 blah. And so, so you kind of go from being like the empathizer to, you know, let's just, let's just get out of this funk right now. And it doesn't, it may not necessarily help your friend where they're at, but you want to know, I don't want us to spiral down into this negative place when maybe like, like maybe we're, we've done, like we, we we're, we're done with that. Now let's start focusing on what's actually true. So I went to, I went to bed that night and I lay in bed and it was really concerning me. I looked at Lord, I said, Lord, what do I as a friend do? And how do I comfort? How do I comfort my sister? And I was like, at what point in time do I stop enabling, if that's the right word, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the misery and start changing the focus? And he just gave me an image right in my head. And all I saw was a picture of Naomi and Ruth, just in, just in my head. That was it. He just showed me Naomi and Ruth. And he didn't say anything, but instantly I understood what he was talking about. And I was like, God, you're brilliant. <laughs> you know, like, here's, you're like, wow, <laughs> you know? And I knew exactly what he was trying to say. And he said, you know, Fran, there are three, there are three women in the story of Naomi and Ruth. And one of them is not Orpah, the sister who turned back. I was like, who is the third woman? And he said, the first there's Naomi. Naomi is a mom. She is that mothering, selfless, sacrificial woman who gives. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mom, like like tant, like teta, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, just love you, love you, love you. Um, and she's all about protecting her daughters from suffering. And we get an evidence from this in Ruth 1.8. And this is where it says, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, turn back, each of you, to the house of your mother. May the Lord deal with you faithfully, just as you had done done with the dead and with me. May the Lord provide you for you so that they so that you may find security. Each woman in the household of her husband. So she was she was in a place of um, 
lost. And all she had were two daughters. And all she could do was look at those two and care for them and say, I don't want you to suffer the way I'm suffering. You know, don't, don't follow me back to what's about to be misery. I care for you. I love you so much. Go and be happy. Like that's a, that's a mom with a sacrificial heart. You know, she's very, very mothering. And then the Lord is like, and the second woman is Ruth. And I say, yeah, that's obvious. She is, that the book is named after her. And her name means friend or cling to. There's lots of different um, uh, translations of what her name means. And sometimes you've got like a, a Hebrew translation and, or a Greek translation, but friend or one who clings to you. So worthy of her character. Um, Ruth is very other-centered. She's all about the other person. Do you know what I'm saying? She's really not too, too focused on herself. And you can see evidence of this. What about the passage in Ruth 1, 16? It said, but Ruth replied, don't, and that famous line, right? Don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do the same for to me and even more so if death separates me from you. How beautiful is that? And there's also another time where she's all about strength for both of them. She's always also about being so strong for both of them. When it came to, there's no food, there's no grain in the house. What did Ruth say to her mom? Let me go out into the fields and reap uh, whatever it is that I can find. She's so other-centered. She's so supportive. The third woman, does anyone want to guess who the third woman is? So it's not Orpah. So I already talked about Naomi, whose name means pleasant. I already talked about Ruth, whose name means friend and cling to. Who wants to try and take a stab at who the third woman is? People at home can't see like the the, the perplexed <laughs> faces of Maria. I'm so confused. And and Natalie, you want to get it wrong? Like, like <laughs> you want to listen? Chat? It's it's our podcast. We're supposed to look like we know things. Exactly. So you, what you're doing, you know this. <laughs> what you're doing is not fair. What you're doing is not fair. I am calling you out. <laughs> listen, this was news to me as well. The third woman is Mara is what Naomi called herself when she came back to Bethlehem and everyone was so excited and said, could this be Naomi? Look, she's come back. And Naomi, whose name means pleasant, said, don't call me Naomi. It's almost like, what are you, are you, are you taunting me kind of thing? Don't, don't patronize me. I left here full and I came back empty. The Lord has turned away from me. God is bitter towards me. Call me Mara because Mara means bitter. Wow. And it was so intense for her. Those were the three women there. And here's what the Lord was saying. He said, Fran, at any point in time between you and your sisters, one of you is going to take one of these characteristics on. One of you is going to either be Naomi, the pleasant mothering one who is just there to gather like the Lord gathers all of his, his, his chicks under his wings like a hen, like how Jesus said, right? Let me just pull you in. Let me hold you. Let me hug you. Let me rock you back and forth while you cry. Let me say, child, you know that boy over there, Ruth? You go and anoint yourself with some perfume. You wash yourself. Let me teach, let me teach you how to be a lady. You know, tons of like, put on nice clothes for church. Put on, there's boys in the, the church. Put on nice clothes. And, and just so mothering, this is what you do with Boaz, okay? You just, you be very calm and very reserved. Don't be too desperate. Let him notice you kind of thing. She teaches, she teaches Ruth 
um, how to grow up as a woman in the Hebrew faith as an Israelite, because Ruth is obviously a Moabite. And so she teaches her, she shows her, she leads her. That's Naomi. And she does it in the most pleasant and sweetest way. She guides Ruth, my girl, Ruth. Y'all know that when I was a consecrated sister, my name was Sister Ruth. Mm -hmm. I hold her very much in my heart. Very other-centered, very much strong for the both of them. And you notice that when Naomi was really upset, Ruth didn't chastise her, did she? She didn't say, snap out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you've lost everything. Let's move on. And sometimes people, sometimes we say that because it hurts so much to see the ones we love hurting. We're like, I I can't anymore. Let's just turn our eyes back on God. I can't see you that way. But she didn't rush Naomi through her grieving process. She was like, while you're broken, let me take care of both of us. You grieve while you need to grieve. Let me hold us up. I'm going to go out into the field and I'm going to go get grain because I know that you're too tired and maybe too elderly to work. Wow. Um, I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm, I will not leave your side. I will not, where you go, I will go. I, I, no matter how broken you are, no matter how tired and, and I am of, of trying to carry you, I will not leave you. Wow. That's I, my grain. I never saw it like that. I love that. Neither did I until I, the Lord, you know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, we were planning, yeah, we were planning on um, doing kind of like a back and forth kind of dialogue conversation, but now you've ruined that too, Fran, because yeah, yeah, now we're out. in awe. <laughs> now we're in awe. We're going to do our back and forth because sisterhood isn't about just the one person talking. Um, but another thing about Ruth is she listens very carefully to godly wisdom, right? She listens to Naomi when she gives her godly wisdom. Um, she seeks counsel. She goes, she goes, you know, what do I do about Boaz? So this is Ruth. Ruth is that strong one. Now let's talk about Mara. So broken. Mara, bit the name bitter. Something that happens when we're very broken, when God is, um, when you're expecting God to do a thing and it doesn't happen, uh, you're expecting something to happen in your life and it doesn't come to pass. You go through some really tragic losses and your grieving is justified. It's so justified. But sometimes what happens is the pain, the pain that you're in blinds you. You can't see anything past your pain. And that's okay. You need to go through, you need to go through that, that grieving process. But when you cannot see what you still have for loss, for, for the pain of only what I can see that has been lost. That's what was happening with Mara. She said, I had a husband and my two sons. And they're gone and don't call me pleasant Naomi. And then she looks at her two daughters-in-law, what she has left, but because she can't see that they're left because all she can feel and she's burdened with is what she lost. She's telling these girls who are her blessings, who are going to bring her to those who are going to redeem her. That's the one who's going to strengthen her. She's like, go, leave, leave me. I have like, don't, don't be dragged down with my bitterness. Don't be dragged down with what's going to happen here to me? Because when I go back, it's going to be a very tough life. I have no man to help us at the land. The land isn't my own. I have no ownership, nothing. And so sometimes that's what happens. That's what happens is, and she also says, God has been bitter towards me. And you ever, you ever been in a position or had a friend who's in a position where you're like, God just does not love me because of the Mm -hmm. things that are happening in my life. God is against me. And these are all the things that Mara said. And 
when you're going through that much pain, all you see is the pain and the world is really blurry and you don't see what is actually there. So this is what the Lord was telling me. Basically, when I went to bed and I woke up the next morning, he's like, you're going to go see Marianne. This is what's going to happen. If Marianne is Mara today, you be her Ruth. And if one day, Fran, you are Mara, may one of your sisters rise up to be a Naomi, a mom or a Ruth, the one who's strong enough to carry you both. If you are courageous enough to be a Mara and be broken in front of your sisters and trust them with how, um, with how vulnerable you are, if you are blessed enough to be able to be Mara in front of your sisters where there's a Naomi and a Ruth present, bless you. I've given you your sisters so that when you need to break down, you've got a mother and you've got a strong sister who's going to hold you up and give you guidance. So all of us are one of the other. A lot of times we'll look at the book of Ruth or any book in the Bible and we'll be like, it need to be this one and not this one. But what happens is we all become the characters at one point in time or another in our life. And so what he said was, you be Ruth for your Mara today. Um, if you see a younger, a daughter, a younger daughter who's a Ruth, be a Naomi for her, be her mom, give her guidance, give her love. Um, if you are a Ruth, you know, if you're Naomi, um, be a, be a Ruth, be strong and hold up that motherly figure. You know, that motherly figure, who's always the one you go to. Sometimes she's tired of holding everybody up. She's the one everyone goes to because you have all the answers and you are this and you are this. And sometimes she's like, yo, can one of y'all just be a Ruth for me while I just, I just need to, I need to take a nap. I just want to lie down and take a nap. I'm tired of working in the field. Can you just, can you just pray for me? Mm -hmm. So this is what the message is that God gave me about sisterhood. And may all of us be courageous and comfortable enough to be one in the presence of, of our friends. Let's, ch- let's change the roles. Let's th- let the roles go around and around and around and hold each other up. Can I just say, this is really funny because I was, I, I think anyone who watches this officially knows I'm like addicted to TikTok. I have a problem, but there's a, <laughs> but there's this TikTok that's going around that's really viral. And it's always about three girls. And they're like, they're in every friend group. There's this kind of girl and the girl who's quiet and the girl who's this, but it's like so stereotypical. And I always hated them for some reason. Cause I was like, that's like, it's not always true. And then right. hearing you talk about like the different roles in a friendship and how like that can change and like it just really shows like sisterhood in the world or like what it looks like from an outside perspective versus like what the Bible calls us to do. And uh, like that, that was, that was really, really beautiful. I liked it. Praise God. Praise God. And I like that because sometimes we, what happens is you want to be, um, we get pigeonholed into being just that one characteristic, you know, it's like, you're the quiet one. You're always the quiet one. Or, you know, you're the strong one. So you're always the strong one. You're the contemplative one. You're the, it's like, no, we take on different, there's a core of who we are. And that's a personality that God has given us. And you were born with it. And you know that because you and your siblings came out of mom different. One of y'all was crying too much. The other one wouldn't stop eating. The other one was super quiet. So you're born with a characteristic, um, a particular characteristic and personality. And it's beautiful. I should say you're born with a personality, but you will demonstrate different characteristics depending on the season that you're in. So I totally agree, Karen. Yeah. There's just that side of um, how we give each other names 
Yeah. But they're not necessarily good. One. Like they're not necessarily the quiet one or it's like, oh, she's always complaining yeah. or <laughs> she's always whatever it may be. But the and I think Maria mentioned this before, where the problem with these um, titles or these names that we give to people is that it, it's you don't give the person room to grow or to change or mm-hmm. to go from a Ruth to Amara to a Naomi and back again. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's these labels. Yes. Um, so so you talked about great labels, which I didn't even think existed. <laughs> you talked about, you know, labels. There are good labels that you can give out, but um, we were more thinking, I guess we were just that pessimistic. We were like, <laughs> labels, oh, horrible. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a ridiculous way to read that story. It's important so that we can recognize when we are Maras at points and when we need a Ruth or when we have someone confiding in us, how can we respond? How can we be careful in, you know, empathizing just like Ruth did, but also showing God's greatness at the same time? So how how do we practically do that? I wanted to ask. Such a good question. Do not get mad at me for saying this because this was practical because I did it. Stop talking and pray. I know everyone's like, don't talk to me about prayer. Just what can I do practically? Prayer is so practical. I was sitting and I was talking to my friend, Marianne, and I didn't know what to more to say. And that's when I went to my room and it was okay to just leave it like that. And I went to my room and I said, Lord, what do I do? Because I know what I wanted to do. He told me to do something very different. And, and he just gave me that, that revelation. And then I went out to her and I said, um, you know, I, I said, God has given me something to say to you. It's, you know, it, it's not from me. It's not what I would have chosen to say. Um, but this is what I felt a need to say. And she responded to it. And I was really afraid that she wouldn't respond to it. And, and I even really just, I, I really, before I elaborated on all, you know, all three um, characteristics, everyone can um, embody all three characteristics. I really told her, you know, Naomi was kind of going through, you know, the first half of it pretty miserable. And Ruth was just the strong one all the time. And the message she got from it was, yo, stop crying, man. Like, and that's a message she got. I didn't really, I think I did kind of mean to say that, but I think that God allowed me just to say that first and not go into the, um, to the, to the, um, elaborating about the characteristics, um, you know, kind of circling around because she said that was exactly what she needed to hear. She said she needed to hear that, you know, my, 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 uh, my promise is coming, but how am I going to spend the time waiting for that promise? Now, what's the promise in this story? Because there was a promise that God had given them that, you know, what they needed in the story and they were just waiting for it to come. What was it? Or should I say, who was it? Like, practically speaking, like, really, what were they waiting for? A man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so scared to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Every single woman listening to this podcast now just went... Thank God somebody said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, on the surface, yes, they were waiting for a man and it was somebody who came to redeem them. (sighs) Ultimately, yes, what they needed because of the time, women did not have um, any kind of status in terms of ownership. So they needed another kinsman in the line of Elimelech and the sons to come in and quote unquote, redeem them. And that's the word that they need use. Why is that? Because as soon as they were left without their, their men, they had, it's almost like they, they were just, they were nothing, 
right? And they needed something, someone, someone to come in and raise them back up to a status, a certain status of we now have, we have ownership of our things, but somebody has to come in and do it. Otherwise they're lost and they've, they've lost everything essentially. And this is, of course, is a foreshadowing of Jesus coming to redeem, of course, all of salvation, because without him coming to redeem us, we were lost. We had nothing. And so but what the Lord was saying was, you know, Naomi wasn't expecting it. Maybe even Ruth wasn't expecting it. Ruth's like, I'm ready to go out there and work because we don't have any anyone to bring us in any kind of you know, income or whatever for um, a, a man in the family to do that. The Lord told me, he said, whether it was Naomi or Ruth um, waiting for it or not, he said, do you notice the promise was coming? He said, the promise is coming. Whatever it is, the promise is coming. But he's like, how are you going to spend your time until it comes? And that was specifically what he told me to tell Marianne. Are you going to spend it in a constantly as Mara? Or are you going to give the Mara the time it needs and then be like, all right, I'm done. Let's raise up. Let's rise up and either come to be Naomi or Ruth again. Because if the promise is coming, either I can spend it being miserable or I can spend it being very other centered and loving my and loving other people around me in the meantime. It's up to you. So that was the second message that she really needed to hear. And that is sisterhood. It's like to raise each other up during those times where either somebody in this body of Christ is down or <laughs> is experiencing some kind of rough drought. It's not to point and to say, Ugh, look at her. It's yeah. to be like, how can we help her? Because if yeah. we don't, then our body of Christ is rendered useless. It's not a body of Christ. Yeah. It's not the body of Christ. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we look at these girls who are going through something as it's, it's a weaker faith. It's a weaker Christianity. But we remember rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And like you you both said, lift them up when they are weeping. It's yes. beautiful. Thank you, friend. Yeah. So I have a question for you. What, yeah. what do you think? Because it sounds like an easy, easy thing to do. Be there for someone. Like, honestly, even if you really don't want to be, you can fake it. So <laughs> honestly, what do you think? It makes it so challenging nowadays for people to be able to have like good sisterhood um as defined by the genuine Bible. yeah genuine unity and sisterhood so true there's so i think there's so many components that go into it i think that a we've become a very um especially on the western hemisphere of the world we're a very individualistic um yes. uh, community um and we're not it's it's not really you know i mean you go into um a bookstore and you'll see rows and rows of things like self-help books you know, and, and <laughs> like, let me go online and let me ask Google, how do I get over what it is that I'm getting over? How do I celebrate this? How do I, you know, like, how do I, um, how do I figure out what a guy means when he does this census text or says something or whatever, you know, um, how do I figure <laughs> out all these things? And so, and so you go to Google for it. You go to, you know, you, you watch your TikTok. Karen, watch your TikTok. <laughs> Call me out like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what sisters do too. Keep it <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> and we don't, we, we, I, I really want us, really want God to help us rebuild this, um, this society of, you know, it takes a village, you know, mm-hmm. and that your, your, your cell phone um, is, is, you, you know, a, like what, if that's the modern technology, then let that be a place where, you know, your girls can just message you and say, I need this. You know, um, so I would definitely love for us to truly say, Lord, I pray for 
um, like this, like like a like an avenue like this of of you know this incredible podcast, bring us closer together so that we can um, so that we can see ourselves in each other. That's another thing. Empathy is so big. Empathy is so big. So sympathy is I feel really bad for what you're going through. Empathy is I've been there. Mm-hmm. And if you have um, the ability to stop for a second and say, can I identify with this person's brokenness? Even if it's not very specific to what they're going through, is there a generality? Is there a general brokenness that I once have experienced in what my sister is telling me? It's important to see yourself in the other person. Otherwise, then you're just judging them or you're afraid for them um, or they're annoying you rather than being like, I see myself in you. And I know that this is what I needed at that time. Maybe I'll give that to you as well. So empathy is huge and women are just big. Like, I mean, come on, like, you know, in the Hebrew scriptures, um, it's different with the Aramaic and different with the Greek, but when it comes to the, the Hebrew text, whenever um, the, 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 in the books of, of the, um, the Old Testament, the Hebrew text, whenever they would speak up the spirit, the spirit of God, they'd always use the, gen- the, the female gender, the female gender. And that is really who we are. It's where, where I mean, when, when, you, when you see the, the description of the Holy Spirit, you have comforter, you have counselor, you have, you know what I'm saying? And that's really who we are to each other. So let's be those comforters and those counselors um, to one another. Another thing is ask a person what they need. So if, if don't be afraid to say, sometimes I don't know what to give you. How, what would help you in your situation? Um, and how can I do that? So I'm not going to just try and come up with it on my own. People often know what they need. Sometimes it's like, I just want you to sit and listen to me. All right, cool. Um, sometimes it's like, can we hang out outside of Zoom, outside of, of our cell phones? Can we like go and chill kind of thing, go on a walk? Like, can I spend time with you in person? I'm more relatable that way than over electronics. All right, if that's what you need, let's do that. Another person is uh, can, can say, you know what? I don't like when people call me. I'd rather you text. That's me. Um, and then, all right. So whatever, ask that person, ask your sister what they need in that season, whatever it is. And then that's what love is. It's to, it's to act in a way that the other person needs rather than give them what you think they need. So that's another practical way of being there. Check in on each other. Just, you know, say, what's up? What's going on? You know, if you see someone is not coming around as much as they used to, if you see someone is not attending prayer, if you see somebody is not on like the, the WhatsApp group is um, messaging a lot, if they're not up in Zoom, if they're not, you know, God willing, we can socialize again. They're not coming out um, to chill. Check in and be like, what's going on? Are you OK? Because some people have a sense of pride is an I don't want people to know what I'm dealing with. And and we need to knock that pride down. No pride, no pride, because that is the beginning of the fall. And that's the best way for the enemy to corner you and get you isolated. It's because I have too much pride in saying what it is that I need for my sisters. So those are some, those are some practical ways. You guys drop some on me as well. Like, like, what do you think? Educate me too. Before we do though, I have, I have a quick question for you. All of these tips sound awesome Mm -hmm. for people that we know. 
But when it comes to sisterhood outside of our friend groups and outside of the people that we're comfortable calling up and outside of the people that, you know, we're comfortable checking on and going for walks with and Mm. all of these things. And those usually end up being also the people that are much easier to point and label because we don't know them, um, because we've only heard things about them, but we've never actually spoken to them or talked to them or developed any kind of relationship. What are practical tips for us to develop sisterhood with those people? To, to kind of, to make, to, to bring that body of Christ full circle, to really round it out. Because yeah. the body of Christ isn't just our friends, right? It's not just our closest, the closest people to us. It's, it's everybody. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, when I was praying the other day, God, um, show me the kingdom, open my eyes to the kingdom. Suddenly I started to th- see things around me and people around me that I, who are around me all the time, but I couldn't really see them. There's something I just saw who they, I just saw the outside. So God gave me some insight into what was going on and, you know, like reach out to this person. Quite frankly, my mom and I, my mother and I have a um, very um, uh, strained relationship. And, uh, you know, there are times where we go a long time without talking, unfortunately. So the other day I said, Lord, give me some eyes, give me eyes to see the kingdom and, and tell me who I can reach out to. And he just put it on my heart, call your mom. Now, normally when I call your mom, when I feel the need to call my mom, my heart races and I'm like, I don't want to do it because the relationship is so strange. But when I asked him, I just felt this eagerness to pick up the phone. So God has to give you the will to do it. He has to give you the desire to do it. So you don't feel like it's a burden going over to that person. So let me tell you something. If you feel it's a burden, if it's a burden to you or if it's mechanic to you, they can feel that. They can feel that, oh, you're just coming over because you feel sorry for me. You're coming over because you feel obligated or something like that. So first and foremost, ask God to give you a genuine desire to see who 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 can who can um, who is in need of being uh, brought into the fold. Um, who is in need of the love, God, that you have given me. Don't underestimate also the power of hello. Hi, with a smile. Like, and you guys, you girls have like this, the most genuine sweetest smiles like I'm looking at you right now and I mean there's there's nothing pretentious about your smile there's nothing arrogant about it there's nothing like hmm, you know kind of thing like (laughs) you know what I'm saying like you I genuinely feel loved and welcomed just with your smile or when you text and say hey Fran so never underestimate the power of that Uh, Mother Teresa always talked about um, uh, the you know how if you if you if you don't have anything to give to somebody, give them a smile. There's so much power in it. Just walk by and say, hey, you don't even have to say, hey, what's your name? Just say, hey, how's it going? Good, All right? have a good day. Suddenly you're breaking down barriers now because strangers have barriers up. It's just a protective mechanism. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Um, we don't talk to strangers anymore. It's not a big thing. Um, if it's at least somebody in your church that you don't have a relationship with, at least there's some commonality there. And so now we're expanding the circle, going from just our personal low circle to maybe, you know, some girls in the church or whatever who you want to bring into the fold and a sweet high and a smile just melts hearts, melts hearts. And I guess, this, I guess essentially that's what you want to be, right? You want to be that person that walks into a room and lights the room up and you leave the room and people just remember how good you made them feel. Yeah, and I think even how you were talking about originally the whole um, we're we're being brought up in such an individualistic society. Um, I think even when we try to be more um, 
community-based, it comes into fruition via that competition. So I think that's why like our version of sisterhood or feminism, in other words, as we'd like to call it nowadays in the 21st century, is so harsh and it's so not sisterhood. It's so not Ruth, Naomi, and Boa and uh, and uh, Mara. Yeah. Um, it's the complete opposite of that because it's it's rooted in like we are better and we are we are on top and everyone else is below us and that is the power of a woman or a power the power of um you know femininity. But mm-hmm. here it's saying we're not better or worse than anybody, we're one body. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times that that mentality of you know, I'm better, um, really at the end of the day just stems from insecurity. Um, just insecurity, just, uh, uh, fear of, of somebody fear of, of being compared to another person and feeling lesser than. So if we can, um, you know, find a way, ask God, ask our friends to tell us who we really truly are in the eyes of truth, rather than in our own heads, uh, then we, we feel this less, less of a need to be competitive and I'm not going to lose anything to love you. I'm not going to lose anything to lift you up. It doesn't bring me down. I'm not going to lose anything to, um, to put you first. No, com- no competition amongst us. No competition. You look at a beautiful garden and all of the flowers are different, but they all bloom together. But the rose doesn't say I want to be, you know, a daisy and the daisy doesn't say I want to be the carnation. They're like, this is, this is the beauty that God gave me. And that's your beauty that God gave you. And together we make an absolutely stunning garden that is just a reflection of the gentleness and the sweetness of God. That's beautiful. Fran, this has been enlightening in too many ways. It's actually too much for uh, 6.30 p.m. On, uh, <laughs> on a Thursday night. I was not expecting that at all, but it's it's wonderful. You're so wonderful. You always pack a punch when we, when we see you, Fran. Um, I adore you guys. I adore you so much. So, so just to, just to round things off and so that we can give you back the rest of your evening, you, you really stressed on the importance of prayer. And actually, it's funny because I was just telling the rest of the girls here at a meeting we had um, maybe a week ago, I was saying, I hate to give this Sunday school answer of prayer, but maybe we can mention prayer. And then I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, it's the Sunday school answer because it's the right answer. Right. I mean, if it's if we're praying, then there, if the answer has always been prayer, then there must be something to it. And you really stressed on that today. So could you end us off with a prayer um, and maybe kind of like a, um, a model prayer for how our listeners should be praying for this sisterhood and for this unity? Um, I would love to I would love to close off in prayer. Um, thank you so much. Thank you again for having me um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, amen. Uh, my glorious Father in heaven, and uh, my my beautiful love, Jesus Christ, and and God the Holy Spirit, who dwells in me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this beautiful group of women, um, the sisterhood uh, of 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 the women that that you have brought into our lives. Um, it's special. It's a reflection of you. It's a reflection of of. Um, the three persons in God who are in relationship with each other. And one is always points to the other and pointing to the other makes them complete as opposed to saying, I'm more important than the other. We're not, you're, you're not separate from each other. You need one another in order to be 
whole, completely whole. Well, we need that too. So thank you. Thank you, God. I want to pray um, just blessings over everyone who is listening to this podcast. I want to thank you so much, God, already for already confirming everything that you've needed to confirm in every ear and every heart, every person who is sitting and listening and had a prayer on their mind and had a question for you and had a query for you. And I thank you so much right now that you have already answered it. I thank you so much that they are confident that you have spoken to them, that you've spoken to each and every one of us. And I pray for, for the, the spirit of sisterhood, God. I pray that you will raise up a generation of young women who will look to the older generation who have been there before and say, teach me. And I pray that you will gather the older generation and looks to the younger generation of women and says, teach me as well. I pray that you will open up our hearts so that our hearts yearn for each other, so that we're other-centered, and that we're also courageous and brave enough and humble enough to say, I need you. Can you please be here for me? I, I renounce the spirit of individualism and renounce this idea of, I don't need anybody, or I don't want to burden anybody with my problems. I'm too ashamed of what's going on, or I don't want to seem needy. I don't want to seem, you know, like somebody who's constantly in need of someone, whatever I'm excited about. Just renounce that, Lord God. Just take that spirit away from all of us and give us back that spirit of it takes a village. Give us back that spirit of service and love and sacrifice to each other. I know you will do it. I know you will do it in the hearts of all of those who want your will because it is your desire. So I thank you in advance for doing that, for saying that it is done and continuing to grow sisterhood in the church, bringing each other into the fold and, and just like enlarging your kingdom, enlarging your kingdom. Through the intercession of Esther, Ruth, St. Mary, and Abigail. Abigail. <laughs> In the, through the intercession of all of those beautiful um, mothers of the church and, and the fathers of the church as well, who stand beside us and, and, and just encourage us and love us and give us the, the encouragement and the space to be strong women. Please hear us as we pray together and with all thanksgiving. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank this you. This was wonderful. Thank you Thank so you. much. This encouraged me. I feel like I can go run a mile right now. Like I just feel so... <laughs> I was inspired so... us. <laughs> Tired, and now I just feel like, Dad, Jesus, you're so good. <laughs> yeah, and now we're gonna go reach out to to other girls. I hope we can all do that after this podcast. That'd be an amazing thing we can do together to reach out to someone who you haven't spoken to in a while. Check in on them. Amen. Absolutely. I'll ask God to put somebody on my heart and do the exact same thing. Yeah. And if you ever feel the need to speak to anybody, we are your Eam sisters. Please reach <laughs> out to us. If you liked what you heard today, visit our website emisher.wixsite.com slash mysite for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. 
please keep us in your prayers. God bless.